0: Daily with Jason Mertidis.
1: And welcome to your Tuesday, July 28th. How about this? Game day edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, which is brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Coming up in this episode, we're going to hear from Toronto at the NHL Bubble City where the Flyers are located. They've had their first practice in Toronto. We'll hear from head coach Elaine Vino after the team's first practice and how the adjustment to the life inside the hub city in Toronto is treating the Flyers. All good on that front. Also going to hear from General Manager Chuck Fletcher in this episode uh, regarding the roster that he put together, the 31 players, uh, what went into those decisions, and much more. And we'll also hear from Sean Couturier, who is up for the Selkie Award, and also Carter Hart as preparations continue for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now 139 days since their last hockey game against the Boston Bruins way back on March 10th, coming up in just four days. They will take on those Bruins on Sunday to begin their round-robin tournament, but today is game day. Four o'clock puck drop in Toronto between division rivals, the Philadelphia Flyers, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the Flyers going to opt to dress 13 forwards and 7 D for this contest, according to Elaine Vino, which you'll hear from him momentarily, and including in those D that are going to be dressed, Mark Friedman, who just got that two-year contract extension uh, during phase three of the NHL stoppage. Also, Shane Bear, who we found out earlier in the pause, had a procedure done to his other knee. He's now had his left knee and right knee worked on during training camp. He'll be in the lineup as well, and he's really impressed at camp, which is great to see, And Igor Zamula will also be dressed for the Flyers' scrimmage against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So some interesting things to look at, other than the fact that we're going to be watching hockey on this day at 4 o'clock as well. And you can pick up all the play-by-play action on both the Flyers' broadcast network, on Flyers 24-7, and of course on the flagship station, 97.5 The Fanatic will bring that game to you live this afternoon. Again, 139 days ago was the last time we've seen NHL action. The Flyers will kick off the exhibition schedule against the Pens this afternoon. Before we get to uh, Chuck Fletcher, Elaine Vigneault, Sean Couturier, and Carter Hart, though, the National Hockey League did release a statement on the COVID-19 testing results. And while baseball is having their issues right now, we know of the 14 players and staff that tested positive from the Florida Marlins when they took on the Phillies this past weekend, the NHL reporting far different results. Here's the statement from the National Hockey League. Quote, the NHL concluded phase three formal training camp of its return to play on Saturday with no Positive test results for COVID 19 among the 4,256 tests administered to more than 800 players during the period from July 18th to the 25th. Now, during the two week period of phase three, there were a total of two positive tests, both occurred during the period from the 13th to the 17th. And among the 6,874 total tests, all 24 teams entered the secure zone at Edmonton and Toronto yesterday for the beginning of Phase 4, and each of the 52 members of the 24 teams, players, and club staff are going to be tested on a daily basis. The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on the number of tests administered to players and the results of those tests. The league will not be providing information on the identity of players or clubs should they test positive. But again, and this is outside the quotes now, Uh, 4,256 tests in the calendar week, July 17th to the 25th, over 800 players and zero positive tests. One of the things that you kept hearing was, we just got to get to the bubble. We got to get to the bubble. Well, they've gotten to the bubble. And with that uh, amount of testing on 800 players and over 4,200 tests and no positives, boy, that's about the most positive news you could get. Great to see. Now the teams are in the bubble, secured environment. It is not risk-free. It is not a 100% guarantee that nobody will get it inside that environment. But to enter that environment into Phase 4 with that many tests and no positive results, certainly great news for the NHL. The protocols they have put in place, and it's obvious, the players taking their part and very seriously, and what they need to do uh, to be responsible for themselves, wearing masks, washing hands, doing the right and appropriate things, uh, leading into Toronto and Edmonton. So great news from the NHL. But let's get to Chuck Fletcher. The Flyers GM addressed the media on Monday after their first practice, and here's the Flyers general manager.
2: Chuck, I asked them about having the opportunity to be able to play in. What What do you want to see out of this team Uh, going forward uh, with having a lot of other different aspects of going into this series having being in a bubble Uh, what are you guys looking forward to out of this and also can you give an update on Linus is Linus with you guys with the team or is he back in his hometown
3: Uh, well well, first of all um, I mean the bubble's been tremendous so far we're in a beautiful hotel and the weather's been great Everything's worked like clockwork, so it, it's it's been a great experience here so far. Amazing, you know that the NHL and the union can put this together in such short notice, and um, and it's only going to get more efficient, and it already is efficient. So it, it's, it's been uh, it's been tremendous, you know, for for us. Like we're we're coming here, we we think we have a good team. Uh, we felt we showed that over the first 70 odd games of the regular season, and uh, but after the four month pause, we have to you know, reprove ourselves and and show that uh, we can become the hockey team we were at the pause and, and uh, we're coming here to compete and and play good hockey and um, I know our guys are excited about the exhibition game tomorrow, Uh, after two weeks of practicing against your teammates, uh, I think to to have some real competition will will be a great
1: challenge for us. Uh, Chuck, uh, how difficult was it to keep uh, Carson Torwinski off the uh, 31 player roster?
3: Well, Sam, um, you know, it just came down to numbers. Carson played really well all year, had a good camp and, and, you know, Rube played well as did Tyler Weatherspoon and Nate Prosser. They all played well, but, you know, as a group, we decided we were going to bring four goaltenders into the bubble and, and we wanted to bring Oscar as well, which left 26 players. And, and, uh, so we took, you know, what we felt were the best 16 forwards and the best 10 defensemen and, um, you know, we had good conversations about it. We would have felt comfortable with, again, any one of those four players that we didn't bring being here. But, uh, you know, th- those are the decisions that we made. And, and uh, you know, I guess it's a, it's a testament to our depth that, that we actually uh, had some decisions, uh, even though we're bringing 31 players.
0: Hey, Chuck. Um, really quick, it, across sports in general, you know, today Major League Baseball is going through a bit of a mess with players in, in Philly and Miami. Um, testing positive for COVID, it looks like there's a a lot of questioning about what's going to happen there versus the NBA and MLS have been in their bubble. From your perspective, is it just critical as an organization to communicate with the players that you don't want to be the team that puts the entire tournament in jeopardy?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's so many cliches now and you can say unprecedented times we use that a lot but certainly for for my lifetime this is unprecedented times and you know you can do all the right things and still contract the virus this, this is highly contagious it's everywhere um, and i think what we've done you know with the expertise of the nhl and the nhlpa and, and the infectious disease doctors that are working with us our own team doctors our, our medical staff in our case led by jim lacrosse and uh, we've done our best effort to educate uh, the players and our staff, all of us about what you do and, and what you don't do. And, and really the, you know, when you look at phase two and phase three, uh, we kept a bubble at a rink, but our players and staff would go to their homes and live their lives when they weren't at the rink. And, and we were able to get through that mostly unscathed. And uh, now we're here in the bubble where I'd like to think that if we all make good decisions, um, you know, particularly once you get past the first five to seven days in here, then, then hopefully we're, we're good. But there's no guarantees, and I know uh, everyone's doing their best to, to make sure we can pull this off. And, and uh, you know, everyone has to make some sacrifices to do it, and I think we're all willing to do it.
4: Hi, Chuck. Um, obviously, there were um, you know, limits to the amount of players that could, could come into the bubble. There were also limits on just the amount of personnel, period. Aside from you, who, what other members of the front office made the trip up here?
3: I mean, we obviously have our coaches or seven coaches. We have eight support staff in terms of trainers and, and equipment guys, massage strength. Um, we have, uh, Brent Flair and Barry Hanrahan are, are, here from management. Brian Hardenberg is here in terms of team services and, and helping out every which way. So we have, a uh, you know, we brought a lot of the crew that would normally travel with us on the road and, um, but we wanted to make sure we brought the maximum 31 players out of our 52 person allotment. and It's actually 51 people you're allowed to bring 52 if you bring a team doctor, which we, which we have done. Uh, Dr. Dorsheimer is here with us right now. So uh, out of the 51 players and staff, we we wanted to bring 31 players.
5: Yeah. Hi Chuck. I want to go back to something you said about the, uh, the exhibition game. Is it good to have it against the Penguins, a rivalry to get the guys maybe a little bit more motivated than they would if it was just, any other team you were playing in the exhibition?
3: Well, um, you know, possibly, but I I, I think not only speaking for our team, I'm sure speaking for every team, I think everybody's so excited just to play a game right now. And practicing is great. Normally in training camp, we we practice for three or four days and then you're playing games by the fourth or fifth day. In this case, it's, it's uh, basically day 15. So um, this is almost like old school training camp back in the eighties and nineties where you, you went a couple of weeks before you even played a game. So I think everyone's just excited to, to compete, play a game. Um, drills and, and skating laps are fun, but I think the guys enjoy playing games a lot more. So I'm sure the, the rivalry will be nice, but uh, again, our guys are so excited. to play.
5: Hey, Chuck, thanks for your time. Elaine um, uh, Vigneault has had terrific success in his first season everywhere he's been, um, What do you think is behind that and what's your evaluation of of where what he's done for this team this year? Well, he, uh, you know, he's a professional coach,
3: highly experienced coach in every sense of the word. Uh, But he is, um, there's a few things. One, a tremendous communicator. Uh, Two, he's very organized. Uh, The level, his ability to command the details and just what he's done in the two weeks uh, of this camp has been remarkable. He says our practices are gonna be 42 minutes and they're 42 minutes. I mean, everything's right down to, to a T. tee. Um, everything's covered. And because of that, because of the experience and, and the detail and the professionalism, the players and, and his track record, I should say, the players uh, really respect what he says. They, they believe what he says. And, and uh, you know, it, you know it, it's, it's really been remarkable to watch.
0: Hey Chuck, uh, Sean Cotteria was just mentioning a little while ago that you guys have a little bit less pressure on you not being in that five game series and having the round robin. Because of the way your team played to get into the top four afforded you this possibility, but does it feel a little bit like playing with house money, knowing you can only move up in the standings from there?
5: You know,
3: it does, uh, but I'm not sure what any of it's going to mean. Whoever comes out of the play-in rounds, the qualifying rounds, will obviously be playing very good hockey, and they will be probably a little bit more battle-tested than the four of us that are that are waiting for them so there's positives and negatives but uh you know hey it's, it's just great to be here um you know we have again we have to get ready here the next two weeks we have basically uh, i think 15 days until we play what would be a game one and we have to use these four games and the practices to to make sure that we're, we're peaking when that happens and, and it'll be a challenge Again, it's a challenge for everybody. This is different than what we're all used to, but it's very exciting to see what's going to happen. And I know we're, we're thankful that we're going to get this chance, and we're excited about it. Thanks very much, Chuck, for your time today. Uh, we'll have Coach Vigneault in in a few minutes to finish up the Flyers avail.
1: So many interesting decisions into uh, the lineup that the Flyers decided to bring to Toronto. The 31 players And I applaud Chuck Fletcher at keeping a guy like Igor Zamula, who we'll see in the game today, according to Elaine Vino, is great news. Flyers Daily brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible, so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at pennmedicine.org slash ortho, and give them a follow on Twitter, at Penn Medicine. Now, I just alluded to the fact that Zamula will be in the lineup today. Also, Mark Friedman, also Shane Gostisbehere, seven defensemen, and the Flyers get a look at a lot of different combinations as they knock the rust off in exhibition game. Number one, the only exhibition game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. After practice Monday, the Flyers bench boss, Elaine Vino addressed the media.
2: How are you enjoying the bubble life and how are the players uh, adapting to being inside the bubble and uh, obviously uh, going to practice today?
5: Well, we
6: were the, the first team to get here uh, yesterday. Uh, we got here uh, around the uh, one and I have to say that uh, everything ran smoothly. Uh, You know, we got uh, uh, through customs on the bus, at the hotel, everything was set up, uh, everything ran uh, basically quicker and smoother than we anticipated. We anticipated to to be a little bit longer. We were prepared for it, but to the contrary, uh, people were, were everywhere waiting for us, following the guidelines. Uh, following the safety measures um, we got spoken to when we landed by uh, Health Canada, told us what we could do and not do, got here at the hotel, had the same thing, and um, basically we've just uh, done what people have told us and uh, been able to uh, uh, got a chance to practice a, you know, a couple hours ago, and uh, we're going to play our first game tomorrow. So uh, we're getting a chance to play, and it's uh, run real smoothly so far.
0: Hey, Lane, uh, you yes, asked Chuck about this and, and a couple of your players addressed it. Just your your kind of mo- thought process in the round, Rob, and balancing kind of trying to move up in the standings versus just getting your game right. But how much of that is about just getting the process ready versus trying to earn a better seat in all this?
6: Yeah, there, there's that fine balance in between both. Uh, you know, the worst we could be is is fourth, but we do have an opportunity to – to improve, and uh, and I think we, uh, as a staff and a team and an organization, have to measure. Uh, you know, what's the best thing for us right now? Is it to be higher seed, or is it to prepare our team, and prepare our players the you know the best way that uh, we can in this situation? And I think we're going to find that balance. Uh, obviously, right now, first and foremost on my mind is. We've got some good internal competition going on uh, within our group right now uh, for different roles, different spots on the team. Uh, so we've got to sort that out. And at the same time, I mean, guys haven't played for, uh, you know, almost five months here. So they got to get their rhythm. They got to get their timing on the ice. Uh, we got to get back to hopefully as close as to where we were prior to uh, when we were, we're stopped from uh, playing. So. Uh, we'll balance that out. Uh, we'll sort out the decisions we have to make, and we're going to look at, obviously, the, the big picture here moving forward.
4: Elaine, hey, um Obviously, this whole process has been strange from, from start to finish, even just the training camp. But so far, you guys, if you've gotten there, you've, you've gotten into the bubble, you've started practicing. Was there an especially strange moment so far that kind of made you take a step back and realize just how odd all this is? Well,
6: I mean... This is this is new and, and different for, for everyone not just us in, in the hockey and the hockey bubble but everywhere in society so uh, is, is there a strange moment that, that it, it's all different it's all new uh, We're trying to do our part I mean we're, you know we're trying to you know to stay safe uh, follow the guidelines uh, and play a sport, we're given an opportunity here because a tremendous amount of people have gotten together and found a way to bring us here in Toronto and some other another group in Edmonton uh, so that we have a chance to play the, the, the sport that we love. So I don't know if that's strange or I, I'm not exactly sure what you could call it, but uh, at the end of the day, a lot of people have, t- you know, work together to give us a chance to play. And tomorrow, I think we're going to be the first team that gets a, an opportunity to play an exhibition game against Pittsburgh. So, have a great Philly-Pittsburgh rivalry.
1: question about tomorrow's game with the Penguins. Have you decided, uh, will you divide the goaltending duties between Elliott and Carter? And also, how much will the regulars play? Will you uh, try to play them, you know, like a regular game or will we give them less time? How's that going to work out?
6: Yeah, uh, first of all, your first question, uh, both tenders are going to split the game. Carter's going to start and uh, Brian will finish. Uh, Carter will go, go the first two periods and Brian will go the, the last period. Um, as far as the lineup, I'm not sure if Chuck, Chuck talked about it, but uh, uh, we are going to dress uh, Friedman and Ghost more and uh, Zion D. We're allowed to dress 7D, and I'm going to keep the 13 forwards that I've been using here uh, throughout these last few days of camp uh, in the lineup. Um, I envision this being a normal exhibition game in the sense that spread out the uh, almost equal ice time, five on five, and depending on the specialty teams that you have, certain guys get to play power play and certain guys get to play penalty killing. So but since it's, it's a first game in, in a long time, uh, we'll try and spread the minutes out.
5: Hello, Elaine. Um, a little off topic, if I may. Kevin Hayes mentioned the other day uh, that one of the moments in his career was a, uh, a significant moments in his career was when you scratched him early on in his career for a couple games. Uh, you brought him into the office and said he wasn't getting it done, that kind of thing. Uh, do you recall that? And in your life, who are some of the most influential coaches that you've played for?
6: Uh, to answer the the first part i I do recall it, and it wasn't the first time that um, whether you want to use you know the tough love or whatever that i I've, I've done that with with players you know some players figure it out quicker than others uh, s- others sometimes players need uh, you know a reality check and uh this was in in Kevin's second year after a a real solid first year with us um he sort of was having his challenges as as far as becoming a pro and becoming a pro is all about being consistent and uh this was towards the end of the year and i think i said him out for three or four straight games or something like that uh, this is a couple of years back obviously but uh it was something that I felt I, I had to do with him to to get him back on on the right track. It's, it is something that I, I've done with with other players. Some, some players you don't need to. Some others, some some you do. And and I do think that at the end of the day, you know the the players that that find a way to get it, find a way to to understand. And Kevin was one of those, and he's become you know a real solid pro as far as. You know how he prepares, how he works, uh, and how he helps others. How he helps younger guys go through the process of, of becoming a a good professional hockey player. So, um, I, I there's no doubt that uh, I, I remember that, and and I think it helped Kevin find the the path that that he needed to find to become, you know, the the player that he is today. And as far as coaches, I mean, I've had great minor league coaches in junior i had uh, you know michel bergeron i had marcel pronovo i had i've had a, a lot of coaches i didn't have a long career but i've had a lot of coaches that uh, what i i tried to do is take the positive of, of what what i thought they they did well whether it be uh, the teaching aspect whether it be the, the communication aspect whether it be the relationship aspect uh, but I, I was didn't have a long career. I I stopped at 23, got into coaching. I was 25 or 26. Uh, but I was very fortunate to have some good coaches with uh, solid foundation and, and uh, you know, very good people that taught me not just the hockey aspect of it, but, you know, being a, a good person aspect of it.
2: Hey, v. hey uh, you talked about, you know, using the lines, what are you going to do in these three playing games? You scrambled a couple forwards already, but the defensive really stayed the same. Do you have a mindset of what you want for that first game in the actual playoffs? Or are you going to use these three seeding games to really find that niche of four lines and six defensemen that you guys were working with in the season?
6: Yeah, no, I'm going to use these three games to find a, a you know what's working best for us. Uh, you know, not knowing exactly how the players are going to respond after such a long layoff. Some guys might be, you know, right back to where they were. Some other guys might not be there. And we might have some other guys that are pushing to take that ice time in, in those roles. So I'm going to take the three games plus the exhibition game uh, to, to sort it out uh, with my staff and, and with Chuck and, and Brent and make sure that uh, come uh, August the 11th that we have uh, the best lineup that we believe will give us the best chance to win that particular game to start.
0: Hey, v. Um Off the ice, just in terms of your initial impression of how Toronto is, uh, you know, set up as the hub city, the accommodations for the hotel, and are your guys going to have the, the ability to kind of, you know, mingle with each other off the ice in the hotel? And maybe most notably, are you going to be able to find a martini?
6: <laughs> I've already found the martini. don't worry. <laughs> but uh i um i uh, you know the facility we're at is 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 a great facility, and uh for the first five days in Toronto, we've been told to to stay with our group, uh and that's what we're doing. That's what we've been told we're staying within our group. We have activities that we can do from you know working out to uh, to tennis to et cetera. Uh, that we have to um, ask time for, uh, but after the, we, we've got to get through these first five days. Teams have got to get through it. We've got to get through it healthy, uh, safe, and uh, you can only do that if you if you follow the guidelines, and, and that's what we're doing. And uh, the, the facility here is has got great restaurants. Uh, everybody's you know uh, trying to do uh, their part to, to help whether it be us, the teams, or the NHL people that are here helping everyone out. So uh, uh, the Toronto base crew, that's the only one that I, that I can comment on, has done a real good job with, so far with with everyone.
1: Elaine Vigneault there in the beginning of that sound, alluding to the fact that upon arrival to Toronto and the bubble location at the Hub City, uh, they were actually the first team to get there, and everything seemed very organized. Everybody... You know, meeting them, following the rules, and kind of walking them through uh, the protocols that are in place, getting everything situated in the rooms, their uh, banquet rooms as well, congregation areas, all that stuff. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers safe and secure right now in Toronto. Speaking of Toronto, well, we head back there once again because after practice on Monday, new father, Sean Couturier, who just had a baby girl this past week, and Flyers goaltender, Carter Hart addressed the media in a joint availability.
5: Hey, guys. So the other teams that are here have had these two weeks to prepare for one team. You guys are preparing for three other teams. Um, how does that differ and how's the mindset differ going into the, the, the rounds? Do I answer first? Yeah, sure. Go
7: ahead. Um, yeah, it's a little different. But at the same time, um, we're getting ready for playoffs uh, in – two weeks approximately Um, other teams have to kind of still fight their way in where we're, we're in. So um, it's going to be nice uh, to get going in in those rounds, but here the round robin for us is, is pretty advantage for us because we can just move up in the standings and uh, get a better seed. So uh, we're obviously getting ready for those, but uh, I think the bigger picture is, is more important in two weeks.
5: This is for both Carter and Sean um, coming back. You guys, your first exhibition game is going to be be against the Penguins. Is it good to have it be a rivalry, a rival team? So, you know, maybe gets a little bit more motivated than you would just a random exhibition game against any other opponent.
8: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I heard NBA or NBC picked uh, all the all the exhibition games. It seems like everybody's playing rivals. So, um, but I think this game for us. Uh, everyone's in the same boat. We haven't played a hockey game in over four months. Um, so it's, it's going to be probably a bit sloppy at first for everybody, just getting their feet under them. Um, but it'll be nice to get back into that game mentality and just get out there and play the game of hockey.
7: Yeah, I think uh, just to add on to what Hartz said, um, said, it's, it's a rivalry, so emotions are going to get uh, probably high. And, uh, you know, can't ask for a better way to kind of get back into it, especially going into the playoffs. So um, I kind of like that.
4: Hi, uh, this is for Sean. Um, Sean, we didn't get a chance to talk to you after uh, Saturday's practice. So um, just wanted to know uh, what day your your daughter was born, um, what her name is, and, you know, what it was like to to be part of that and also now being in the bubble away from her.
7: Yeah, so my daughter, um, Ella, she was born – july 23rd uh it was an amazing feeling a great day and uh pretty busy last few days before uh coming here but um it's going to be tough um it's already tough leaving but um it is what it is we can't really complain um you know we're in uh we live in a different world and it's uh you know some people you know would like to be in our situation you know and so it's it is what it is but uh, definitely gonna have a lot of Facetimes in, in the next few weeks.
5: Hey, Sean, you've played for a number of uh, coaches uh, in your career. What is it about Elaine Vino uh, that makes him successful? Uh, is it X's and O's, or is it something beyond that?
7: I think it's it's everything he does. Um, he's got a lot of experience, obviously, and I think it kind of kind of transmits that to us. He knows how to get us prepared. Uh, he knows how he wants his team to play. And, you know, guys have been buying in uh, since the start of day one. So um, he's he's been great for us. Um, the way he communicates with everyone, everyone's on the same page. And um, it's, it makes it that much easier when it comes to game time.
1: Yeah, uh, I just want to say it says AV... Given you guys any indication of uh, how long you'll play? Like, like, will he go with the regulars for the entire game tomorrow? And, Carter, are you going to go half the game? Uh, I'm not sure yet.
8: It's something you might have to ask them and, and uh, see what the plan is. But um, we'll figure it out here uh, soon.
5: Yeah, hi, guys. Um, Oscar Lindblom's on the roster. How? What will it feel like when you see him? I don't know if he's there with you guys yet, but what's going to feel like when you see him back with you guys on a daily basis, which you haven't had since December.
7: It was, it was already amazing to see him uh, just before we left here and before he went back home. So uh, it's nice to see him happy, doing well. And obviously we're really excited to see him back in the lineup one day. Um, You know, we'll see, we'll see when it is, but uh, you know, we're definitely looking forward to that day.
8: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we had Oscar around a little bit at the during training camp and um, it was nice to be around around him. And I know he was excited to be around all of us. And it's been a while since we've all been together. Um, so he's come a long way since um, December, November, whenever uh, the diagnosis was and um, he's persevered a lot. And he's put in a lot of hard work and um, he's, It's nice that he gets the chance to go home to Sweden with his family and and friends and and get some downtime there and spend some time with them. And then uh, we look forward to bringing him back here uh, hopefully soon.
0: Hi, guys. Uh, This question is for Sean. Uh, Sean, have you received any uh, dad tips from teammates? And uh, also, it looks like you're still wearing the hospital bracelet. Is that something you want to wear the uh, remainder of the postseason?
7: Uh, Yeah, I'll probably keep it. Uh, It's a little something to kind of play for um but uh i actually just forgot to cut it off before before leaving and my wife wanted to keep it for uh for the baby's book as as a memory and i feel if i cut it off i might lose it so uh that way it's safer and um yeah
2: guys this is for both of you uh you guys are in kind of a luxury a little bit with having three games to play before you know your opponent is it a little bit easier for you guys to have three competitive games beforehand, or would you rather have just went right into a play-in series and kind of got that playoff mentality of fighting for your life?
8: I, I think it's nice that we have those this four games here, with our, including our exhibition, kind of get into uh, back into game mode and just to feel things out where like, it's going to be a different environment for everybody, something we're not used to. We're all in the same boat, so it's going to be different to start. Um, but I mean, we put ourselves in a good position, so we're lucky to have those four games here to see what it's going to be like, where as opposed to some teams that get one exhibition game and then they got to fight for their lives to get into the post season. So, um, I think we put ourselves, we put ourselves in this spot and to get these four games, uh, it'll be nice to ease our way back into things. Yeah. And just to add
7: on, I think it's, you know, a little less pl- pressure uh, right off the bat. So we can, like has said, kind of not ease our way in, but kind of get back into it uh, as quick as possible without even, you know, getting the risk of, of losing and getting kicked out. Um, so I think it's just going to be important though to find our, find our game as, as quick as possible and ramp up the in- intensity. So, so we're ready right, right off, uh, you know, the start of the, the actual playoffs.
5: Carter, sorry, this is more for you. I'm just curious if you've had a chance to look at uh, the way they've set up the arena. Obviously, I know you're at a practice rink, I think, today. But the backdrop and whether that matters in terms of sight lines, obviously you'll have a chance to get used
1: to it. Or does it matter what's above the boards because the puck is on the ice? Have you thought at all about how that setup changes the sight lines compared to a game where there's fans?
5: I
8: have, actually. I mean, I saw some pictures online about uh, what they did at the rink's at uh, the arenas uh, i'm not sure what it's going to be like till we get out there tomorrow and see but it's going to be different um i mean i know you see in the nba where they got uh i don't know if they have screens on the side but it might be just filtered in through tv but um i guess at our ranks they do have like the big screens like you said on the side so that'll be it'll be different and we'll have to just kind of wait and see and
1: see how it is That last question there uh, from Kevin Woodley from Ingle Magazine to Carter Hart, something that uh, I actually talked with Carter about last week when we had him on Flyers Daily, and also uh, just talking about with no fans in the stands, the ability to track the puck, will that be an issue? It looks like the NHL is going to have these big LED screens on the sides, and that's something a goaltender is going to have to be cognizant of because those LED screens, whether 12 rows deep into the stands they can also catch a goaltender's eye so what they put onto those gold uh, those led screens during gameplay is going to be very interesting those things in a peripheral vision for a goaltender can pull your eyes away uh, it's going to take a, some more concentration a little bit of getting used to frankly uh, for carter hart and all the goaltenders in this um, you use an arena as certain points in it as sight lines and as depth markers and ways to feel where you are in your net not just the markings on the ice Um, So that's going to be an adjustment for Carter Hart and all the goaltenders, Brian Elliott, everybody involved here on how they deal with uh, the sight lines and the feel Of a more enclosed arena, not just without fans, but also with these LED screens that the NHL has opted to put it in Toronto and in Edmonton as well uh, to kind of make it look a little better uh, without just the empty seats for the viewers at home and feel as well. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. It's brought to you by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. I'll be back tomorrow with an all brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Again, we're daily now, so seven days a week. We'll have episodes all through the weekend as well and the Flyers will be in action coming up on Sunday to begin the round robin at 4 o'clock at 3 o'clock against the Boston Bruins but they're in action today against the Pittsburgh Penguins. A full recap in tomorrow's episode and more. Thanks for checking out this episode of Flyers Daily.